the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let me ask you, what is your take on spiritual gifts? Are they still in existence? Have we done away with them? Has God done away with them? What do they really mean? What are they for? Well, over the past couple of programs here on Study Verse by Verse, Pastor Leighton Sheely has explored the foundation of these gifts and why God has given us these gifts of the Spirit. Well, today, we begin looking at them one by one. First up, we have the gift of apostleship. Now, just exactly what that gift is, is how we'll begin today's broadcast. We invite you to spend some time with us here at Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno and online at highlands.us. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Now let's look at the first of these gifts because it's first found in both lists. It is the gift of apostles. Now, it's important uh, to... There can be some confusion concerning this gift if we do not distinguish between the office of the apostle and the gift of the apostle. The office of the apostle and the gift of apostle. So let's begin by looking at the office of the apostle. Matthew chapter 10, if you want to turn there, it, it describes the calling of the 12 apostles. Matthew chapter 10. And Jesus called to him his 12 disciples, notice the word disciple, and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the 12 apostles are these. So he called them his disciples. He gave them authority, sent them on a mission, and as a result, they are no longer called disciples. They are now called apostles. And the name of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. So Jesus called these twelve disciples, gave them an assignment, made them apostles, and these twelve accompanied Jesus throughout his earthly ministry, witnessing the miracles, witnessing the teaching, and wrote or dictated the, the New Testament. The Gospels of Matthew and John were written by the apostles of that name. And the, the Gospel of Mark was written by John Mark, who accompanied the apostle Peter. He was related to Barnabas. He's mentioned several times in the New Testament, John Mark. Uh, Luke, the Gospel of Luke, was written by Luke, the physician who accompanied the apostle Paul. In his ministry work, the apostle, uh, Luke also wrote uh, the book of Acts as well. And much of the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Peter confirmed that the writings of the Apostle Paul were Scripture. In 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, the Apostle Peter said, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. 
there are some things in them that are hard to understand. So the Apostle Peter acknowledges that some of the writings of the Apostle Paul are hard to understand, and they are. They go, some of his sentences go on for, for paragraphs, really. Uh, there are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures. And so the Apostle Peter identifies the writings of the Apostle Paul as, as other scriptures. They are scriptures. Now, there are frequent references to the Twelve in the book of Acts and also the book of Revelation. The Twelve clearly indicates that there are only twelve offices for apostles. And uh, the importance of filling those twelve offices was so of such great importance that when Judas committed suicide, the apostles got together and said, we need to have a twelfth apostle. And so they appointed Matthias to replace Judas after Judas committed suicide. Well, unless Matthias was a mistake, there was a thirteenth apostle named Paul, who began many of his letters with the greeting, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. And the matter is further complicated because in addition to Paul, there are others in the New Testament who are called apostle. For instance, the term apostle is applied to Barnabas in Acts 14.4, to Silas and Timothy in 1 Thessalonians 2.6, to Titus in 2 Corinthians 8.23, and to several others. So there are people who are not numbered among the twelve who are identified as apostles in the New Testament. Now, the matter doesn't need to be confusing and be very clear if we distinguish between the office of the apostle and the gift of the apostle. These others were operating in the gift of an apostle. The office of the apostle was reserved for the twelve. Now, at the time of the writing of the New Testament, the title apostle was not exclusive to the Christian church. In fact, it was used to describe someone who was sent on behalf of an organization to represent that organization. For instance, the Sanhedrin would sometimes send apostles to act on their behalf as their representatives in matters requiring their attention abroad. The term apostle is from the classical Greek, apostolos, meaning one who is sent away, and the literal meaning in English is an emissary, The purpose for sending away is to convey a message. So an apostle was a person who was sent on a mission with a message. They were a missionary. So fundamentally, the gift of apostleship is the gift of a missionary. Now, there are some scriptural qualifications for an apostle. First off, they have to have been visited by the post-resurrection Jesus, as the apostle Paul was, on the road to Damascus. Secondly, they have to be, have had to been commissioned by Jesus to do a specific assignment as the Apostle Paul was on the road to Damascus. Jesus told him he was going to be a, a, an apostle to the Gentiles. He was given a specific assignment. And the third qualification is that their ministry is accompanied by miracles. We know that Acts 2, uh, 42, I think it is, that it describes that the ministry of the apostles was filled with miracles. The ministry of Paul was filled with miracles. And, and there are people today who meet these qualifications. They believe that they have been met by the post-resurrection Jesus. They've been given a specific assignment. They've gone into the middle of the jungles where the gospel has never been shared. And they're sharing the gospel. And there are activities taking place that can be described as nothing short of miraculous around their calling and their ministry. 
But many Christians today have an aversion to the idea of people having a gift of apostleship because they have seen the, the abuse of the title apostle. Uh, there are people today who encourage others to call them apostle. They get some gratification out of it. But people who are really, truly apostles are not the least bit interested in titles. They consider themselves honored to be a servant of God, and they are so privileged that God is blessing them in their ministry. They, they don't have the least bit of interest in titles. So if you ever run across someone who, is, who likes to be called apostle, beware, because in all probability, they're not, okay? Now, I'd like to invite you to turn to uh, Acts chapter 2. We're going to look briefly at the gift of prophecy. We're going to look at it, as I mentioned before, in greater detail when we look at chapters 13 and 14. But there is something I need to point out because it will provide some additional clarity in our study today. So we're in Acts chapter 2. I'm going to begin at verse 16. Here's the setting. Uh, the Holy Spirit has come. It's created quite a commotion in Jerusalem. A bunch of people come and say, what's this all about? And the apostle Peter stands up and delivers uh, this message. He says in verse 16, But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants... And female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Now you notice, I want to remind you, that the gift of prophecy is mentioned second in succession after the gift of the apostle. And I also want you to note that through the prophet Joel, God declared that he would pour out his spirit, notice it's capitalized, speaking of the Holy Spirit, on all flesh, including sons and daughters, male servants, and female servants. Now, the point here is that spiritual gifts are given to both men and women. Now, remember what happens when a spiritual gift is not being exercised? The church, the body of Christ, is crippled. So it is important that if God has given you a spiritual gift, whether you're a man or a woman, you be exercising that spiritual gift to the glory of God. Now, this all kinds of sets a foundation for one of the questions that reoccurs. In fact, I had an email sent to me this week by somebody in our, one of our radio audiences that asked the question, is it biblical to have a woman pastor? Now, that's a question that we often get asked. So I'm going to invite you to turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 3 because we're going to look for the answer to that question. Is it biblical to have a woman pastor? I can remember about 10 years ago, our elders in an elders meeting asking the founding pastor, my dad, what the Highlands position was on women pastors. And I can remember my dad standing there bravely saying, I think I'll leave that to my successor. <laughs> Thanks, dad. <laughs> so let's look at that question through scripture and see what we can see. Now, again, to understand the answer to this question, we have to distinguish between the office of pastor-teacher and the gift of pastor-teacher. So, the Bible provides clear guidelines as to the qualification required for the office 
of pastor, elder, or overseer. And the reason I say pastor, elder, or overseer is that in the New Testament, all three of these terms, these titles, refer to the same group of people, the leaders of the church. Uh, Poimen is translated pastor or shepherd. Presbyteros is translated elder, and episkopos is translated overseer or bishop. And you might recognize the, some of those names. Presbyteros sounds like Presbyterian, that's an elder-led church. Episkopos sounds like Episcopalian, a bishop-led church. And so that's where that, those, those titles come from, is, is from the New Testament. And in the New Testament, however, all three titles are used interchangeably and describe an aspect of the responsibility of the church leader. Well, tomorrow, we'll pick up right where we left off with an illustration of what Pastor Leighton Sheely has just mentioned and how these three offices, though distinct in name, carry with them the same responsibilities. And again, that'll happen tomorrow here on Study Verse by Verse as Pastor Leighton Sheely continues with our journey through 1 Corinthians. We're in chapter 12. To review today's program, we invite you to visit our website. It's there that you can listen to this broadcast again and the sermon in its entirety. Highlands.us. That is where you'll find us and an abundant amount of information about Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno and this radio program, Study Verse by Verse. Highlands.us. Tomorrow, more in 1 Corinthians. Join us then with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.